is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Hi everybody, let me add my welcome to Jubilee Online. So good to have you with us today. Thank you for being here, whether you're part of Jubilee Church Derby or Burton Family Church, or you're joining us from somewhere else. It's really good to have you here today. Thank you so much for being with us. Now, normally in a typical year, this Sunday uh, would be a time to reflect, to look back uh, on our devoted Bible weekend. It would have been last weekend. We would have been camping in a field in Staffordshire along with others from Christ Central Churches, both in the UK and further afield. Obviously that didn't happen this year. We had devoted online last weekend, uh, which was a great time. And if you were able to be with us for that, you would have been part of it. If you missed it, I'd encourage you to catch up with it online. It was a, it was a great time together. But normally we'd be sharing stories. We'd be looking back, as I say, at Devoted and sharing stories and testimonies of what God had done over that weekend. We would have looked back too at New Day, the New Frontiers Youth Festival that our young people would have been at earlier in the summer. And again, sharing some stories and testimonies from that. But not this year. This is not a normal year, just in case you hadn't noticed. In fact, there's not much about 2020 that has been normal. I mean, I, I do remember back in February, Sarah and I went to a gig at the O2 in Birmingham, and uh, it was a treat, but it seemed so normal then. It's a sort of thing that many people would do at a weekend. But just a, sh uh, just a few short weeks later, our world changed completely. And in some ways, for many of us, beyond recognition, certainly beyond what we'd expected this year to look like. That which we took for granted earlier in the year was very quickly taken away from us. New words entered our everyday vocabulary. Words like lockdown and furlough. And then the latest one that I've come across, covidiots. The last five or six months or so have shown us how fragile life can be. I mean, if you've suffered personally from COVID-19, from this dreadful disease, or you've had others around you, maybe loved ones who have suffered personally, got sick, or, or maybe even died tragically, you will know from first-hand experience the fragility of life. And so if today you're mourning the loss of someone close to you, I want you to know that you're loved. You're loved by us. You're loved by God himself. There are those around you who want to show love and care to you. God knows. He sees. He sees your pain. He sees what you're going through. Maybe today you're in pain, perhaps because of this virus, perhaps because of another reason. But I want to encourage and urge you, if today you're in pain, please reach out to us. Please let us know. We would love to pray for you. Even today, we could pray for you. If you're on the church online platform with us, you could uh, click the prayer button. And one of our team would love to pray with you even today. But please reach out to us. Please let us know so we can pray for you and support you. 
Similarly, if you're struggling, maybe because you perhaps lost your job or maybe you're struggling financially, finding it hard to make ends meet, perhaps your hours have been cut at work. And again, please reach out to us. Please let us know. It may be that we're able to help you or point you in the direction of other organisations that are able to help and serve you. Please don't suffer on your own. Please let us know what's going on in your world, in your life. And if we can help you, we would love to do so. It's interesting, isn't it? Older generations remember things like restrictions, rationing, queuing. Older relatives have been reminded of times past. Now, we thought we were all past that, didn't we? We thought that was all old hat. You know, how quaint, how old-fashioned. We've, we've moved on from that, we thought. We've got things under control here. It's 2020, for goodness sake. How wrong we were. How wrong we were. Well, life has moved on for us in the UK, certainly since the stricter lockdown regime of earlier in the year. Now, clearly, in some parts of the country, in the UK particularly, local lockdowns are being put in place to try and um, stop the virus spreading in particular localities. But in most places across the UK, things are indeed opening up, though some businesses are sadly closing. Mostly things are opening up. Children are expected back at school. Employees are expected back in the office. So now in this season, what for the church? What for us? What for us in Derby, in Burton? What's God saying to us? What are the next steps? What will the next few months look like for us? Well, before we get to the detail, it's important to say that whatever we do needs to come from a place of faith. Not a place of fear, not a place of reaction, not a, not a place even of copying what others are doing, but a place of faith about what is God saying to us as a local church, a local expression of his worldwide body. What is God saying to us in these days, in these moments? You know, it will take faith to start gathering again in person. But friends, it also takes faith to continue as we are. Actually, both are scary options for some people. Both have their upsides and their challenges. Whatever we do needs to come from a place of faith, knowing that God has spoken to us. And the truth is, what God may say to another church down the road or in another city, in another place, will be different to what he says to us. And what God says to us will be different to what he says to another church in another locality or with a different group of people. There's no easy way out of the current situation that we're in. And like I've said before, and I don't apologise for saying it again, we need to have much grace for one another in this season. We need to have grace for those who think we're going too slow and we need to be doing more. And equally, we need to have grace for those who think we're going too quickly and rushing at things and we ought to hold back. Like I've said, what is right for one church isn't necessarily right for another. 
what is right for one person isn't necessarily right for another as well. Each of us are in different situations. Each of us have got different lives to lead, different, maybe even different health conditions that we need to be so aware of and taking wise precautions about. Ultimately, we need to be led and guided by the Holy Spirit. We need to be asking the question, what is God saying to us right now? I'm sure you're asking that question personally, maybe for you as a family. We need to be asking that question as well for us as a church community. What is God saying to us right now in Derby, in Burton? What has God got for us? Yes, what are we permitted to do? What, do the, what does the guidance allow us to do? But more importantly, and I believe operating within that, what is God saying to us? Even if we can do certain things, even if the government does allow us to do some things, what is right for us? What is God saying to us? And friends, I want you to know this is a very live question for us right now. It's something we're giving much time and prayer and thought to. Certainly for the immediate future, we'll be carrying on as we are online. But we are also looking at what we could do to develop that. Maybe we could get some people in a room, perhaps at Quad, for example, and live stream from there. I've got meetings even in the next few days to look at some of these things. But we need to be guided, not just by government guidance, by, but by the Holy Spirit. We say, don't we, that we're a church that is shaped by the Spirit, equipped by the words. We want God to be speaking to us and guiding us. So that's our ultimate way forward. What is God saying? But away from Sunday mornings, we're also looking at what can we do to help keep connections, to be connected to one another, to encourage friendship, to encourage community. What else can we do that would help us with those sort of things? And you know what, I, th I think it'd be a mix of some things online and some things in person. Because there are some things that we can do in person right now, even if it's not easily worshipped together. We can certainly have some small meetings of, of people. And there'll be some people who will want to do that, and that'll be appropriate and right. And there'll be others, like I said before, that may think that's too early for them. And again, that's okay as well. So... Over the next few months, we'll be doing some things that will help provide those points of connection, maybe online, maybe in person. So I want you to encourage you to, to look out for those things. And uh, when they're announced, do whatever you can to be involved in whatever you feel is right for you and your family. Please watch this space. And please be praying for us as we, we plan some things. And listen, if you've got some ideas, please let us know. Please don't think that all the ideas are going to come from some central idea tree, be that me or, or others on our team. No, no. If, if you feel you've got an idea you think might work, please do let us know. And it may be that's something that we can do. So, with particular reference to Sunday, Please pray for us as a leadership team as we seek to be obedient to the Holy Spirit in the coming weeks. And what's God saying to us? Is the priority to get back to public worship together? Or is God saying something else to us? 
as we think and pray about those things, please be praying for us and we'd love to hear from you if you feel that God is speaking. Now, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Is our priority to get back to public worship or is God speaking about something else to us in this season? Now, to be clear, I love gathering for worship. You know, I was a musician and worship leader way before I was a preacher and church leader. You know, I love worship. I, I love gathering with God's people to sing and to worship, to encounter him, to encourage one another with spiritual gifts. I'm all for that. I, I really am. And I'm missing it terribly. It was a real treat to be involved in Devoted Online last weekend and just see a glimpse of that once again. It was wonderful. So I'm all for that. I really am. And that hasn't changed. Loving God is absolutely our top priority, our number one value. And yes, that's about a personal life that's surrendered to him and worshipping him. But it's also about our corporate gatherings as well. I know worship is an everyday thing. We, we live our lives in a way that worships and honours God. But we also love gathering together and worshipping him as a church family. That has not changed. However, I do wonder, is that the most important thing for us as a church family in this season? Are there perhaps other things that God wants us to focus on right now that he perhaps wants us to give more emphasis to moving forward hold that question in your mind for a few minutes if you would i want us to look at some scripture together and that will perhaps help us to answer that question we're going to look at the parable of the good samaritan we we find it in luke chapter 10 if you've got a bible you might want to find that it will come up on the screen for you as well Jesus loved to tell stories to illustrate his point. He was a master storyteller. And we call these stories parables. And perhaps one of the most well-known parables is the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's one that I've often acted out. I remember being in school a number of occasions at a local infant school and acting out this parable in a modern day way to help the kids understand the point that Jesus was trying to make. But in our story that we've got here in Luke chapter 10, Jesus tells this parable and he, he contrasts the priest and a Levite, a religious leader, a religious leader rather, and a lay assistant, and he contrasts them with a Samaritan. So let's read the passage together. We find it in Luke chapter 10. We'll start at verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbour? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. 
a priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and, and when I return I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. In this story that Jesus tells, neither the religious leader, the priest, or his assistant, the priest's helper, the Levites, neither of them stopped to help a man who was badly in need, who had been beaten and robbed and left for half debt on the roads. They were both too interested in or perhaps too preoccupied with their own priorities, their own world, what was going on for them. And they weren't keen on stopping to help somebody else who was in need. I read the passage, I read the story, and I think, I wonder, were perhaps they going to worship? Were perhaps they were even late, maybe, for worship at the temple? Were, were they perhaps afraid of becoming ritually unclean? What was the reason they didn't stop? More likely, if they were going from Jerusalem to Jericho, they would have been heading home from worship. They would have been worshipping at the temple, heading home. Now, many a priest or Levite lived in Jericho and perhaps they were on that road heading home after serving at the temple. Jesus doesn't tell us, but maybe. Now, it was well known that the Jews and the Samaritans did not get on. I mean, that's perhaps the greatest understatement that we're here today. They, they were enemies of each other. The NIV Study Bible describes the Jewish view of a Samaritan as a hated foreigner. Hendrickson, in his commentary on Luke, says that the priest did not want to get involved. Does that phrase, get involved, have a modern ring to it, he says? It really does, doesn't it? How often do we hear that phrase, I didn't want to get involved? We hear perhaps somebody uh, interviewed on the news reporting on something that had happened and we, we hear someone say, oh, but, but I didn't want to get involved. And they just walked away. Without wishing to rush ahead of ourselves, that's not the call on the Christian. We're called to be those who do get involved, who do respond, who do act, who really do make a difference. Jews really didn't get on with Samaritans and Jesus' listeners were certainly not expecting the hero of the story to be a Samaritan. That would have been awful for them. How are they going to stomach that? Yet, who is it that stops? Who is it that helps? Who is it that gives time, attention, care, money even, to this man who is in such need? 
the unexpected hero of our story here is the Samaritan. It's he who stops. His priority was the welfare of his neighbour, one who he had come across and found to be in need. So I wonder, friends, shouldn't that be our priority too? How are we seeking to love and serve our neighbours, those that we come across? The point of Jesus' story was that anyone around you is your neighbour. He's not just talking about the person who happens to live next door to you. Maybe it is your literal next door neighbour, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's those who are new to the city or town. Maybe it's others that you might come across just in your daily life. Maybe it's others you come across as you take the kids to school, as you go to work, as you head out shopping. I wonder who is it for you? Our core values as a church are loving God, loving one another, loving those who don't know Jesus yet, serving the city and reaching nations. If you've been around Jubilee for any length of time, I'm sure you will have heard me speak about them. But you know, if I'm honest with you, I reckon that I'm stronger at some of those things than others. I'm, I'm better at doing some of those things than others. And I suspect you are too. And I think that applies to us as a church as well. Let's think about the list. Loving God, loving one another. The, the first two on the list there. Don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. These two are really important. Vital even. And certainly right now as we live in quite a disparate, disconnected way, looking for ways of loving one another and encouraging one another is really important. I want to encourage you to do just that, to love one another, to encourage one another. Be proactive in that. Carry on loving God and worshipping him in your own times, in the way you live your life, in the way we connect online. These two things are really important, loving God and loving one another. Loving God always comes first, I know that. But to go back to our earlier question, I wonder, are there some other things that God might want us to focus on right now? Are there some things that he wants to give more, us to give more emphasis to moving forward? What if God was causing us to focus increasingly on the third and fourth value for a season? Loving others, serving our city. I wonder if that was the case, what would our church look like? What would we need to change? What would we do? What would you do? Now, I've said, what would our church look like? We know, don't we? This is God's church. He is the one in charge. We are his people. So ultimately, we should be following him. What is he saying to us in this season? If we were to focus increasingly on loving those who don't know Jesus yet and, and serving the city or, or the town that we're in, what would Jubilee look like? 
What would Burton Family Church look like? What would we do? What would you do? And listen, don't miss the fact here in Jesus' story that it's a foreigner who shows what it really means to love others, what it really means to follow God even. Jesus' hero here is someone from another culture, another land. In fact, someone who is an enemy of the Jews. And this leads really well into what we will be looking at in the coming weeks. Earlier in the year, uh, I said that we were going to come back to the subject of racism and diversity. And indeed we are. It's a subject that has uh, been in our news just again just in the last week or two. And it's a subject that I wanted us to address as a church family together. When we looked at it earlier in the year, I said we'll come back to it, and we are. We're coming back to it right now. Here in this parable of Jesus, it's really clear who the hero is. Not the priest, not the Levite, but the Samaritan the foreigner in their context. It was he who showed love for his neighbour. It was he that Jesus honoured. It was he that became the hero of the story. And this is a really good lesson for us as we begin a series on race and diversity. Next Sunday, next weekend, my friend Raj from Jubilee Church in Teesside will be looking at this subject for us. He's our guest speaker next weekend. Raj leads the team of a great church in Teesside. It's a church that Jonathan and Sandra are part of for many years. And they've worked really hard at this subject. They've got some lessons that, to teach us, some things that we can learn. And uh, I heard Raj speak about this recently. And as soon as he finished, I messaged him straight away and said, please, could you bring that message to us as a church? We need to hear that. And so next Sunday, he's doing that for us. And then in the following few weeks, we'll begin to unpack some of these things and look at what it means for us as a local church. It's a, a subject we'll be spending the next few weeks on. And so I want to encourage you, don't miss next Sunday as Raj speaks for us. But over these next few weeks together, we're going to be looking at this very important subject. And like so many things, it, it's not something we can look at once and think, oh, we ticked a box, we've done it now. But rather it's something we need to look at, ask some questions of ourselves, ask some questions of scripture about what God might be saying to us. And that's a subject we need to have in our minds and be very aware of. How do people of another culture or another background, another race or colour view things? What's their experience? How is it different to ours? How is their experience different to somebody else's? We'll be looking at some of these things and sharing some stories and looking at God's word some more over the next few weeks. But for now, as we close... Let's go back to this passage and finish with some questions. And there's some questions that I'm sure you could predict, but we still need to ask them and we still need to answer them. So firstly, who is your neighbour? Who is your neighbour? How does Jesus, secondly, want you to love them? How does Jesus want you to demonstrate God's love 
to your neighbour? How does he want you to show love and care and mercy and grace to them? And then finally, what is it that God is calling us as a church to put our energies into in the next few months? What's God saying to us? I'd love you please to pray about those three things over the coming week. And do let us know what you feel God might be saying to you and indeed to us as a church together. I do believe the answers to these questions will help shape what Jubilee looks like, yes, over the next few months through this autumn period, but increasingly into next year and beyond. I feel God is speaking to us and asking us some important questions. And, and to me, it feels like God wants to do some things in us before we start meeting together again. I feel that he's not finished with us in this season just yet that God still has more that he wants to do in us. So these next few months will not necessarily be easy, but I totally believe that God is with us and is wanting to work in us. So are you up for that? Are you up for the journey? I really hope you are. Let's pray together as we close. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness and your love and your presence. We thank you for this great story, this great parable that Jesus tells and thank you for all we can learn from it. And Lord, I wanna to pray today that you would show us who our neighbor is, show us how we can love them and care for them and encourage them in your name. And please keep speaking to us as a church family about what it is you want to do in us as well as through us in this season. And so we pray for your blessing on us now in Jesus' name. And all God's people, wherever they are, said, Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you next weekend. website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.